Well, hello. How is everybody? Yay. So on days that I don't binge watch Netflix and eat pizza while doing it. <laughs> Does anybody else do that too? <laughs> y'all liars. Y'all know y'all do that too. So on days that I don't binge watch Netflix and I um, don't eat pizza, I, I really do enjoy working out. Does anybody else like to work out in here? Y'all like to work out? Yeah, we got a few, got a few exercising people. Uh, so uh, my wife, Cresha, convinced me um, about uh, two months ago to start working out with her in the morning. I had never been a morning workout person. I'd always kind of worked out in the middle of the afternoon, and I know I sweat, and then I have to go back to the office, but that's just kind of part of it. I have to have to pick my battles. So at that point in time in my life, I was like, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty good groove, right? So she said, hey, if you wouldn't mind, would you just try working out with me in the morning? Uh, and so we just kind of got, you know, kind of got into some rhythm. We get up about 6 a.m., have coffee together, start our workout about 6.45, and then after that we get moving. And so, um, but it's been a great thing. And one of the things that I like doing in my workout is, is holding weight and doing different things. And uh, there's lots of things you can do with a weight in your hand. And I'm kind of into functional fitness. I don't really feel like I'm trying to prove anything anymore. I know some of you may be, you know, hardcore CrossFit people or lifters and you're, you know, going for weights and goals and all this stuff. I just want to be not injured. That, that's, really, that's really all I'm trying to be. And so, um, so anyway, so I've discovered along the way that you can do lots of interesting uh, exercises with a weight in your hand. You can do jumping jacks with a weight in your hand. You can do squats with a weight in your hand. You can do lunges with, with a weight in your hand. And you don't even need this 12-pound weight. If you don't have a 12-pound weight, you grab your dog or your cat and you can like just do like some fun stuff with them right there. They may not like you after it's over, but uh, yeah, so you can do all kinds of fun stuff with this in your hand. However, one of the things I would not want to do is cut my grass with this weight in my hand. That would be like old city after about two laps. Uh, my arm is already just kind of tense from tired from it holding it right now. Uh, I would not want to cut the grass with this in my hand. I would not want to lead meetings here like I do during the week with this in my hand. Hey, y'all, thank you for coming to this meeting. Uh, we're going to talk about some, you know, things that are important for us. To, you know, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. Uh, if Krish and I were going on a date, I wouldn't want to be like here with my weight and like talk, trying to talk to her. And that would be inconvenient. She'd probably be like, it's either the weight or me. And I'd be like, I'm going to have to get rid of your weight. So, um, so there are other things. Laundry, I wouldn't want to have to do the laundry with a weight in my hand. You know, you have to kind of lean over. You have to kind of look. You have to look for the sock that always likes to hide, right? I can never wash socks in the same amount come out. What is this? I, don't, I can't figure it out. I bought two packs of brand new socks the other day. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I bought two packs of brand new socks the other day. I can't find hardly any, any of them left. So anyway, I just, but wouldn't want to watch, do laundry with a weight in my hand. Wouldn't want to ride a bike with a weight in my hand. Like, you know, okay, so you'd have to kind of really balance and have to do that. However, there's one thing I know about life and that life responsibility, uh, you, you have to learn in life, whether you're a believer or not, whether you trust Jesus or not, whether you want to grow up or not, you have to learn how to carry responsibility, like it or not. 
I know that's like, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, man, I can't wait to be an adult. And then you get to be an adult and you're like, what? You know, I have to do all this. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't what I th- thought it was going to be. But as an adult, you have to learn how to carry responsibility. Um, <clears throat> you have to carry um, a marriage. That's a lot of responsibility. Requires some, some oomph, some grit, some muscle. Um, you want to have children? It's a responsibility, right? You got to carry that. And you gotta, you gotta be careful with it. You gotta be careful how you carry that. You wanna have a job that you really enjoy and you wanna take care of and you wanna grow and you wanna get better. That's a lot of responsibility you gotta carry. And so as you, as you get older, as you mature, a lot of it is just called adulting, where as an adult you learn you have to carry a lot of responsibility in life. And especially if you wanna be good at life, if you wanna enjoy your life. And so, but there's some other things that I know that we carry around that we wish we didn't have to carry around. And so I I want you to see some of these things on this list that I sat down this week and I thought, okay, here's some things that people carry that I bet they wish they didn't because I know I've carried these before. Anybody ever carried indecision, right? Should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I take that job? Should I not? Should I marry him? Should I marry her? No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I'm going to go to work. No, I'm not going to go to work. I need that job. No, I'm not going to take that job. I thought I was going to take that job, but somebody else took that job. So now I'm going to, you know, all right, should I? Should I not? You know, that, the whole weight of indecision. I don't know about you, but if we just make the decision, that's less tiring, then, then like thinking through, okay, am I going to make this? Am I not? The next one, poor health. Now, you, if you're like me, you kind of go seasons of your life where you're like, man, I feel better about myself in this season than I did last season, or I'm at least trying to eat a little bit better and trying to move my body a little bit and feel better. Um, we all go kind of through our seasons, right? But this is important. If if our health is not good, I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I'm just kind of let myself go and said, forget it. I'm not even going to care. I feel terrible about myself. And so that's, that's a weight you got to carry around. And a lot of that is because of the indecision of going, I'm going to do something. No, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm not too hard to not, you know, it's going to, you know, it's, that's, that's a weight we got to carry. Not only is poor health a weight we got to carry, secrets are a weight we have to carry. You got secrets in your life. That's a weight. We all, you know, I'm sure have crossed these waters before. There's things that you know, and you're like, man, if somebody ever found out about that, I would just be horrified in embarrassment or whatever. You know, secrets drain us. They wear us out. They are a weight to carry. We need to find people to talk to to get help if we're carrying secrets, Those will weigh you down big time. Indecision, poor health, secrets will weigh you down. What else will weigh you down? Loss of control. It's funny how much we think we control stuff and we really don't have a whole lot of control. But when we think we're losing control, it's like, oh oh my gosh, I'm losing control. I'm I'm feeling this. I'm stressed. I'm trying to figure this out. And, you know, we don't feel good. And, you know, this is getting away from me. I'm trying to be able to, nah, loss of control is a weight that we carry around. What else is a weight here? Regrets of the past. I wish I wouldn't have. 
I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would have taken that opportunity and I wouldn't be here. Or I wish I'd never broken up with her. I wish I'd never broken up with him. I wish I had gone to that school. I wish I had never gone to that school. I wish I'd had that baby. I wish I'd never had that baby, right? Of regrets of the past. And here's where this bites us, y'all, is when we keep thinking about them, keep thinking about them, keep processing them. And they take up space in our mind because we keep hamster wheeling our regrets in our mind. And we have to deal with that between God and, and maybe we have to get a third party uh, and, talk, and, and talk to somebody. But we've got to deal with our regrets of the past because that can be a weight. And then finally, consequences of sin. You know, here's one of the things that, uh, you know, <clears throat> the beauty about following Jesus is that when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, he does. And when you put your trust in him, uh, he sends you the Holy Spirit to live in your life. And the Holy Spirit empowers you and motivates you to live for Jesus Christ. That's the way that it works. And so naturally, your desires will change in your life and be more aligned with what Jesus wants you to do in your life because that's, what the, that's the role of the Holy Spirit in your life because he changes your desires and motivations and, and the things in your goals and dreams and all those things that you want to do in your life. They begin to look like they're honoring God and not you. And that's the beauty of being a Christ follower is you're not just stuck on your own you know, carnal dreams that you came up with at some point in your life. God transforms your heart and gives you his dream in your heart. And that's what, that's, what's amazing. But we also have a free will. So it wouldn't be love if God could force you to love him. So he gave us the choice to choose. And so when you're in a situation and you're trying to choose, do I honor God with this decision or do I honor my flesh with this decision? Anytime we choose to honor our flesh with this decision, there's consequences. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't like you or me. It's just the natural outworking of when we, when we go against what God's best is, there's just consequences, like it or not. And some of us have been carrying some of these consequences for a while. And some of us have making choices that we've learned that have come with consequences that we are really carrying some weight here that we would love to get off of our shoulders because it is becoming too weighty and too painful. And so consequences of sin is a very real thing. Again, it's, it's not personal. It's just when you sin, there's just consequences, period. Now, God can give you strength for them, but we have to go through that. But here's what I know about weights. <clears throat> Sometimes we can't see what's invisible. And if you and I were to have coffee and, and we were to sit down together, I, I can't really see what's going on in your life other than if you told me. In other words, there's a lot of things that are invisible, a lot of weight that we carry that's invisible. Our burdens may be invisible, but they show up physical. And a lot of the stress and the anxiety and the things that you hold on to, fear, whatever that can be, it's invisible, but it shows up physical. It shows up when you go to the doctor and he goes, why is your blood pressure like this? Or why is your stress level like this? Or why are you having ulcers like this? Or why are you having headaches like this? See, when we carry weight, 
You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to carry weight for a 22-minute workout, which is what I try to do every day. It's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to carry a weight for 22 years. And sometimes in life, there are people that have been holding weights, and it could be indecision. It could be consequences of sin. It could be regrets of the past. It could be the loss of control. It could be fear of something. It could be a secret. It could be poor health. Some, some of us have been carrying weights for 22 years or more, and we are looking at ourselves, and we are looking at each other, and we're asking questions like this, why am I so tired? Why don't I feel good? Why don't I feel like my life is moving somewhere? Why do I feel weighed down? And this is honestly how we feel, right? We feel like Atlas, right? The weight of the world on our shoulders. Now, if we were that buff and strong, that'd be awesome. (laughs) But we don't feel that strong. But we do feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders at times. And it's like, why do I feel like the weight of the world is upon me? And, and, And when we carry weight, it shapes you and I. Now, if you go to the gym just from a physical perspective and you put weight on a bar and you use proper technique and put it in the right place on your shoulders and you do squats, your body can really grow and get strengthened and build some muscle because you're carrying weight properly. If you carry a lot of weight improperly, it will tear you down. It will tear your back up. It will tear your knees up. If you're carrying too much too fast, that is not a good uh, recipe for anybody. So I'm convinced that we're all going to have burdens that we have to carry in life. We need to figure out the best way to carry that weight. We're all going to have to deal with burdens. We're all going to have to deal with challenging situations. We're all going to have to deal with problems. We've got to figure out how to carry that weight in our life differently than we have been. Now, I, I will say that there is good news from the standpoint that God has given us some really cool things to help us. He's given us some things like hope. He's given us some things like joy. He's given us some things like faith to really help help us carry responsibility and the weight of stuff in our life. But I think he's given us one more thing that is really awesome when it comes to carrying weight, because we are all at some point in our life are going to feel so burdened that we just can't move by ourselves, And we're going to have to ask for help and we're, and, and we're going to need help. So let's dive right into the scriptures. The book of Galatians, uh, chapter 6, the Apostle Paul wrote to all the believers in the area of Galatia. And he's trying to encourage them how to live. And so Paul's writing the believers and he says, Hey, brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Now I want to camp out here just for a second. We can, as a believer, wreck our life. Just because you love Jesus doesn't mean your life is going to be pretty. You have the propensity and the power to wreck your life even though you love Jesus. Okay? It's like saying, I love my wife, but I never make a decision. I don't make decisions based upon the fact that I do love her that edifies our relationship. So we can say we love Jesus 
and in our hearts, we genuine, genuinely can. But if our decisions don't line up with his best for us, we can wreck our life. And we can end up into some dangerous places. And Paul is telling the believers here, he says, hey, listen, if one of you is overcome by sin, if there's somebody who, who has willingly gone off kind of the deep end and they've just, their, 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 their behavior just, they're heading toward a cliff. They are doing things that are dangerous. They are doing things that are upsetting other people. They are doing things that are hurting other people. They're, they're exhibiting behavior that is detrimental to them, to others. It's, it's sin. Hey, listen, here's the solution. You who are godly, no, no, no. He didn't even say the pastors. <laughs> we hope the pastors are godly. But he, did, he didn't even say the, the pastors go fix this problem. He said, no, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Gently and humbly, showing concern for people, showing care for people. That is very natural to do in the body of Christ. He says, take responsibility for each other and how each of you are doing. Let's go to the next page, uh, next verse. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So as you're helping someone out of this dangerous situation in which they've gotten themselves, you be careful that you don't end up in the same situation. You be very careful. <clears throat> Then, the whole crux of this passage, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. He goes, share each other's burdens. He goes, you're going to have burdens in life. You can't get away from it. If you're a believer or non-believer, you love Jesus, don't, don't care, whatever. Life is just going to be filled with burdens. However, in the community of Jesus, he says, you're to share each other's burdens. You're to help one another. You're to Come alongside each other. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? You love each other as I have loved you. That's the law of Christ. He said, so share each other's burdens. And then the, and then the next part here. <clears throat> if you think that you are too important to help someone, hello. Now, he's not talking about anybody here or anybody watching online. He's not talking about any of us. But I think he's talking about some people. He says, if you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. In other words, if you think you don't need to be helping anybody, you're a fool. And you don't understand. There's a connection here. You need to be helping people. You need to be connected to your spiritual family. And you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I love what Paul says there. Now, what's he saying? That we're not important? No, we are important. But he said, if we think we're too important to help people, we've missed it. Like we've missed his whole point of what it means to be a Christ follower. So what would love require of me? What does love require of me as a Christ follower and you as a Christ follower? What does love require of us as we've been in this whole one another series and we're trying to really master, you know, God, how do you want us to live with each other? What does love require of me from this particular passage? Boom, here it is. Paul says, carry one another's burdens if you love each other. If you love each other, help people with their burdens. Don't let people go through stuff isolated and alone. You don't want to feel isolated and alone. 
Don't let other people go through things isolated and alone. Have compassion on people. Try to help them share their burden. You're going to have a burden. You're going to want people to walk alongside of you with that. He says, I want you to share, carry one another's burdens. Now, I'm not a medical doctor, but I get to play one today. And uh, <clears throat> so, uh, so about three weeks ago, I was meeting with some friends of mine here in the lobby. And I said, listen, I've got, I've got a sore ankle, and I really haven't been able to kind of jump around and do some of the things I normally do for my, uh, my exercise routine that I try to follow. And uh, I said, what would you recommend? And uh, they said, well, that's easy, rice. And I've never heard of this before. And I'm like, rice? <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, yes, here we go. Rice, it is rest, ice, compression, elevation. This will save you, Eric. So I went home and I was like, okay, I need to rest. I need to work some things differently. I need to put ice. I need to find something to make some compression here. And I need some elevation here. And within several days, boom, I was back feeling great again. However, I wanted to take this acronym, RICE, and I wanted to apply it to when people in your life are hurting, when people are burdened, when they've had an injury per se uh, in life somehow, I want to create something that will help you remember what to do in those situations. So I'm going to call this, what does love require of me? Number one, it requires a responsibility first. It requires there to be a feeling of responsibility for the people that are around you and around me. I want to ask you a hard question. I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you really feel responsible for other people besides yourself? If the answer is no, I would challenge you to Get the focus off of yourself and find other people that you can help be responsible for and, to, and feel responsible for. As a body, the way that God has wired us up is that we are to feel a responsibility for one another. And that's just the way that it's supposed to be. So if you don't feel responsible for anybody, if you feel like folks should just kind of come and go as, as they please and not have to you know, talk and engage and things like that. That's not how the body of Christ was supposed to be. We're a, we're a spiritual family is what, is what scripture talks about. Not just a place where we come in and hear a few songs and hear some guys start talking about scripture, I guess, and then go home. We're a spiritual family that feels some responsibility, just like if there were somebody in your immediate family, your wife, your son, your friend, your brother, sister, if, they, if something happened to them this afternoon, all of you would feel an immediate responsibility. We got to go help them. Same thing in the family of God. It's a responsibility for one another, feeling a responsibility. Number two, Inquire about other people. When you go out to dinner with other people, who do you talk about more? When you go out with other people, who do you talk about more? I'm going to challenge you to talk 80% about the other people at your table and 20% about you. Inquire about people. Ask them questions about their life. Find out how they're doing. The way that you help people carry their burdens is you ask them open-ended questions. How's, how you doing? How's life? How are things going? How can I help? 
I'm amazed at what people will tell me when I just ask those questions. They tell me stuff. I'm going, man, I don't know if they should be telling me this. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. So we've got to learn how to inquire about people, right? C, we've got to learn how to care for people. And I want to pause on this one because there's a couple things that I want to talk about. Because I think care comes in two forms. Care comes in one form as a challenge. And I I want you to hear this because I think it's very helpful and I think it's very healthy. Um, There will most likely come a time in your life where someone could and may challenge you about decisions that you're making or a way that you are living. Another Christ follower could challenge you about decisions you're making in the way that you are living. The reason that they're challenging you is they're seeing you walk toward a cliff. Okay? So if they didn't love you, they wouldn't challenge you. Right? Parents, you with me on this, talking to your kids? You ever been there? It's like, baby, I I love you. Listen, I just want you to understand, if you make this decision, this is where I see the cliff coming. And I'm just, I'm challenging you and, and I'm just trying to help you understand that if these progressive decisions continue to move this way, it's gonna be bad. And you may be thinking, Eric, you mean somebody's gonna get up in my junk and they're gonna tell me how to live? You know what, that could happen. And if somebody loves you enough, they will. And we need to receive that. We shouldn't be so proud to say, get out of my face. I don't need to listen to you. Now, the crazy person, you know, you got to take it in stride, right? If, if another Christ follower that you trust comes to you and says, listen, I've got some concerns. You may just want to pay attention to this. We need to pay attention to that. But everything we do, we treat, treat each other with humility and respect and gentleness. The other side of this is empathy. I'm not a naturally empathetic person. I remember when I first got into ministry, my dad's like, I don't see you in ministry. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate that vote of approval as I start my life in this direction. But I really had to learn empathy. And I had to learn to sit with people who I'm, my mind is racing onto the next thing, results-oriented kind of a person. And I'm realizing that I just need to listen and I need to often ask questions and help them process maybe their pain or what they're going through. So this doesn't mean it comes natural for any of us. But it does mean that we have the responsibility to do it because we're a family. So I'm going to challenge you that sometimes in your life, part of what does love require of me and part of helping people carry their burdens is sometimes you got to go, dude, what are you doing? You're hurting yourself and you're hurting your marriage and you're hurting your friends and you're hurting what? And other times we got to go, how can I help? How can I help? And then finally, E, what does love require of me? P, 
People that know how to encourage always have friends. People that know how to encourage always have friends. Because people love to be around people who build them up. I'm drawn to people who say nice things about me. Because we're acceptance magnets. We go wherever we're accepted. And where people say nice things about us. (laughs) And when you want to help people carry their burden, try encouraging them. And we're not always going to get it right. And sometimes the things that we say that may fall flat or it may come out the wrong way. But let's try. Because people need a friend. Sometimes they need a coach. Sometimes they need direction. Sometimes they need just a, just a voice. No, we're not crazy. Encourage somebody. And I know what, I know what you may be thinking. You're probably thinking, well, <clears throat> Eric, that's nice, but uh, I need somebody to do all this for me. <laughs> like, I'm kind of in a bad spot, and I need somebody to feel a responsibility for me, to inquire about me, to care for me, show me empathy, or challenge me on something and encourage me. I need somebody to do that for me, and I understand that. We've, we've all been in that place in life. Let me show you a verse that I think will, will help us with this. Proverbs 11.25, those who refresh others will themselves be left out. Those who refresh others will themselves be forgotten. Now, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I used to think a while, a while back in just my immature thinking that if I pay somebody a compliment or if I encourage somebody or if I try to refresh somebody, it diminishes me. If I say they're good, if I applaud them, if I give them a hand, if I brag on them about other, to other people and try to encourage them, I've always felt like that's going to cost me something and it's not going to make me look important, so why should I do that? Proverbs eleven twenty five hits the nail on the head. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. If you want God to refresh you, start taking steps to where you're trying to help others. That's the way it works. It's a paradox. So many of the things in the scriptures that Jesus talks about were a paradox. Give and you'll receive what? Die to live? What? Refresh others and I'll be refreshed? What? That doesn't make natural sense. It makes more sense for people just to refresh me. (laughs) And you. Now, he says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You don't even have to believe in Jesus and this will work. I wouldn't suggest that. But it's true. So three years before I got married, um, in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, there was a runner named Derek Redmond. 
And Derek Redmond was an amazing runner. He already had medals already in the, uh, for the UK and the races that he had run. And so he had been training. I mean, gosh, that, think about this. Most Olympic athletes train, what, three to four years for about 15 to 20 seconds of a race. I mean, think about that. You're going to train three to four years for maybe 15 to 30 seconds of something. That's just amazing. But anyway, so Derek Redmond is a retired Olympic athlete now, but in this particular uh, picture, he was running the uh, 400-meter relay, I believe. And um, Derek started out of the gate, started fast, was going great. And then halfway through his race, he tore his right hamstring. So after he tore his right hamstring, he is now, he's got his right leg up trying to, you know, protect it. But he's in visible pain. He's upset on the track. He's hopping on one leg because he can't move his other one. And out from the stands comes this man right here. And this is Derek's father. And Derek's father walked with him all the way to the finish line. The crowd gave him a standing ovation. The video has been used in all kinds of humanitarian aids all across the world ever since the Barcelona Olympics because it pictures what it means to carry somebody in the height of their brokenness and disappointment. See, this is really what Jesus has done for us. We were running our race. Something devastating happened called sin. And Jesus came out of heaven and he died on the cross and he rose from the grave and now he comes just like Derek's father to him and he puts his arm around us and he says, I want to help you cross the finish line. Will you let me? My challenge for you is that what if, as a body of Christ, as a local church, when people thought of us, people thought of this guy right here, of people who carried other people across their finish lines, carried other people across their thresholds of accomplishment in the midst of brokenness. What if that were to be us? What, how awesome would it be if you were the one carried? How great would it be that no one would be left behind? No one would be forgotten. And, the, and when you did started tripping and stuttering and get tired and you felt like you just wanted to quit, there was an arm around you saying, come on, let's go. See, that's the picture and the imagery of the body of Christ. This is who we're supposed to be. This is what love requires of us. So my challenge to you is will you feel a responsibility 
for others? Will you inquire about their life? Will you care for them enough to help them? And will you encourage them? And when you do, this is what God says, he will bring it around to you. I want you to bow your heads and I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much, God, that Jesus, you came from heaven, jumped out of the bleachers, found us broken on the track, put your arms around us, and you are helping us to our finish lines to this day. We're not perfect and we're broken and we need your help. And I wanna pray for all of my friends in this room and those watching, these amazing people. And God, some of them have been carrying weights for years and it's affected them in very deep ways. Some of them don't even understand the weight they've been carrying because they've been carrying it so long. I pray that they would feel your loving arm around them right now and let them know that they're not alone. And I pray for that we would be, at, as the Summit Church, we would be the kind of people that would walk up to others and put our arm around them and help them across their finish lines in life. We thank you, and it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.